What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Are You Happy podcast. I'm your host, Iman Garzan. Today's episode 52. If you've been listening in the last couple weeks, you know what that means. That this is the last episode of the Are You Happy podcast. The finale, if you will. I've spoken a little bit about it before, but I'll say it. I'll do a quick recap of kind of why this is the last episode. I've... um. I've kind of gotten tired of this format a little bit. Felt like I've exhausted what I have to say about are you happy? Um, I don't think this is the end of podcasting for me, but this is the end of this podcast. And maybe I'll pick it up again over the summer. Maybe maybe I'll even use this same account to post new podcasts. I don't know. But for now, I need a little break from podcasting. Um, and what better way to end it than on exactly the one-year episode of, of this podcast? Because I've done this every week consistently and so 52 weeks in a year this is episode 52 it's been one year um today if you can't tell by the title i'm joined with my father last week i had my mom on it today i have my dad hi papa hi hello everyone (laughs) um my dad he is the most supportive person in my life he's he's always there for me he's just the best dad anyone could ever ask for so and I wanted to have my parents on this, so I had my mom last week, I have him now, and I'm just super excited to have him on. This is going to be a wonderful, uh, probably a, another long episode, just like last week's. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for everybody to hear what we have to talk about. Bubba, as you know, I sing a song for everyone. Great. Um, are you okay with that? Sure. Let it rip. <laughs> um, so this one is called Baby Boy, because I'm your baby boy. Ah. <laughs> okay. That's cool. So, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and sing it. All right. Little hands, little feet, tiny heart, tiny beat. Ooh, thinking about the time we spent falling in love. I don't want to leave you. I think that's all I'll do. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that. And now some things to talk about during the week. Um, this week has been, as people who go to VCU know, this was like the week before our spring break. So pretty busy for me. Um, had two tests this week. I had one on Monday and I had one on Friday. The one on Monday, it went okay. I got a 90 on it, but that's a B um, in nursing school, so... I would have liked to get an A on it, but can't linger on it. And then the one on Friday, I haven't gotten a grade back, but hoping it felt pretty good. I'm hoping for for a decent grade on that. Um, yeah, w- a week before spring break, I've just kind of been looking forward to the week being over. Not really anything else. Looking forward to I'm starting my new job this coming week, so been looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, really not not anything crazy going on. Uh, anything going on in your week? Uh. You know, just very busy trying to wrap up some uh, projects and all that stuff because uh, 
as you know, I'm in school too, but my spring yeah. break is the week after yours. <laughs> so yeah, so you're approaching that final week of That's right. really having to wrap things up. <laughs> Correct. But other than that, it's, uh, it's just been busy, just trying to finish up a uh, bunch of stuff there. Nice. Um, well, yeah, then I think we'll just get get right into it. Talk talk about it. We have plenty to talk about. We've spoken about that before this. So, you know, there's there's a whole lot to talk about. So um, mm-hmm. I think we're just going to get right into the nitty gritty. Um, and I was talking to you a little bit about this beforehand um, and kind of like how you want to go about this. And I, I think you said you want to start kind of from day one, right? Yeah, but first I want to say what a country. America has been very, very good to me. <laughs> Baseball has been very, very good to me. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a Borat thing? <laughs> yeah. No. This is actually an old line from the... Uh, the comedian, uh, his name is uh, Smirnov. He was a uh, Russian-American comedian. And he used to say that. That was uh, funny. There. But, yeah. Uh, but I like to start from the uh, from the beginning. I actually like to start from the um, inception, I would say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I am, uh, I am Persian. And then uh, uh, my mom, uh, I'm the f- oldest one in the family. And... Uh, we were four brothers, and now we have three sisters added. Uh, but uh, from uh, my mom actually um, had two kids before me. They got married really early those days. The old country, they uh, they got married early. They got married like 15, 16. Yeah. My mom got married 16, and then she had uh, two miscarriages uh, before me. So wow. So, so young to go through oh, yeah. two miscarriages. That was very, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was body wasn't developed or you know carrying yeah. all that stuff. But no, uh, under eighteen is like a high risk pregnancy. It's considered. It, it, that's yeah, why it, even yeah. now it's considered yeah. a high risk pregnancy. Never, never thought of it. But then and recently I just thought about it. They say you know maybe uh, maybe the body was uh, fully developed for the reproduction uh, uh, purposes, and uh, then uh, then here I came. Uh, I was the best birthday present my mom could have because I was born on her birthday. Yeah. So we both have the same birthday. On her 18th birthday, right? 18th birthday. So she's 18 years. Uh, she was 18 years older than me. Wow. And uh, that was, uh, so even though I was premature, but I survived. And then from there on, she went to have uh, three more kids. And um, basically, it was, uh, yeah, had a uh, uh, kind of a turbulence uh, uh, childhood because the family was... Uh, uh, when it comes to my parents, they were uh, a little bit dysfunctional, so it was turbulence. But uh, how so? If you if you wanna share. sure, um, basically not um, not getting along, um, not uh, not agreeing on anything, and then uh, that causes uh, that dysfunctionality also affects the children too, which affected affected me actually, uh, and my I being the oldest, I always felt like I was the uh, I was the one carrying this uh, load of uh, what was going on in the family. So, but what I did was I, uh, uh, the things that really helped me and saved me was a couple of different factors. One was uh, seeking refuge in my uh, friends, and which one of them happened to be my cousin. It was great, fantastic, just seeking refuge there, being with them, getting out of that uh, environment. And the other one was I... I became a dreamer. 
I had a dream. I always had a dream. I never. I still have a dream. I never. That never stopped. Uh, the uh, the dreams. Uh, uh, it was like different kind of dreams. Okay, I'm I'm dreaming to uh, finish the school. I'm dreaming to uh, you know, get out and go to America. I was dreaming to uh, travel the world. I, I've been in 35 countries. I was dreaming in uh, get a career that I like and I enjoy. So these dreams kind of became also the uh, goals yeah and then also and then also on the on the side also I said okay I have the goals I have the dreams then there is something is was missing which was passion so these three elements played a big role in my life so dreams goals passion. passions yes you felt like you discovered that at a young age yes that's what that's what I discovered I think I had it in an early, earlier age but I couldn't put it in uh, make it substantiated but uh, as I uh, grew as I was going through I said okay this this is a dream I have and I'm, I'm gonna act upon it and make that happen and this this helped me a lot because of the not only family situation but the with the uh, my own personal health anxiety if you know I, I always learned if your mind is not as peace and is not uh, healthy your body's gonna pay for it that is uh, that's that's always was uh, there too so I had to uh, fix the one on the top. You know, we, we, we live with this basically three items I'm pointing on to. You got the top, middle, and below, You got which is my head, stomach, and blue belt, basically. So I said yeah. to myself, okay, start from the top. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to have a healthy mind. I'm going to get away from all the negative things, all the obstacles, all the uh, uh, things that are not good for me. Then then, then, then the other stuff, the body, which is my torso, the middle, and all yeah. my organs, they will all uh, be okay, will function. And then after that, I can think about below the belt for the, you know, reproduction purposes, for fun, for <laughs> sex, and all that stuff that uh, to go for. But uh, but those, those are the, like, the, uh, main uh, main elements there okay and so then you said you said you had a pretty turbulent childhood um how was it what about your childhood in iran in general like how did you that's that's what it was that's the childhood because yeah, I, I, I left when i was um uh, ju- uh but just right uh when i was uh turning uh, 19 but uh again as uh, we just separated mentally from anything else then started having fun enjoying life trying to try to enjoy and all that stuff but what always kept me going was the uh that dream that i had that i knew i'm gonna go to the west and i know i'm gonna go higher i, I want to go higher and i want to do uh, greater things so that was your main dream then your main dream main goal pretty much yes. when you were growing up as a kid there was to come to america uh, yes, yes. Come to, come to U.S. Now, actually, when I graduated uh, from uh, high school, uh, that was pre-revolution, so the situation was good. The country situation was good, and uh, there was a, there was a, my uncle worked for a major company called Caterpillar, which is a major American construction company with the heavy duty machinery and all that stuff. And he was one of the principals there, and he had the, he really liked me a lot, and he said, okay, which. Uh, uh, you go and you get a degree, become an engineer. Everybody over there, you are an engineer, architect, lawyer, or doctor. You know those yeah. are the <laughs> those are the things that is going. Which I understand because the technical field they always needed people in the technical field. So, said so you go get your degree, come back. You got a job here in in the company. 
But uh, I said, great. So when I, uh, when I stepped out, came here to go to school, the plan was to go actually to go back. But, uh, but a revolution happened. The doors got closed. And I said, oh, this is great. I wanted this from the beginning anyway. <laughs> so I, I stayed. I took care of myself. I didn't have any, anybody here to care of myself. And then, the, again, the goal was to finish the school, get a job, and be in the field. And by doing that, when I was leaving, uh, there was one uh, sad moment there because I was leaving my three brothers there. And I made a promise to them. I said, you know, when I get there, when I do it, I'm going to help you all. And I'm going to bring you over to the West, which, which I did. That was another goal, yeah. another uh, Which we can point. go into later. Yes. So then I came to U.S. When I came to U.S., it was interesting. Well, how, then let's talk about how the, what the process was like for you to come to U.S. Because I feel like you're kind of skimming over that a little bit. What's, what was it like then as a high schooler to try and figure that out, figure out okay. coming to? Yeah, what happened is uh, in, uh, in, in Iran, what happened is there was not enough capacity for the universities so when you when you graduated from high school you either had to go to the military there was there's a draft or you have to be in college you have to continue education so and uh, to get into college there was uh, 120,000 graduates every year but capacity was only 65,000 there was a shortage there so so it's interesting it was a completely different system there what they did was they dictated to you what major you're gonna there's you're gonna get into college first you're gonna take this exam called uh concours which is like concord and uh you're gonna take that exam D- depending on what grade you get in i mean what level you are we will tell you what university and what major you're gonna go into in iran in iran that yeah. was crazy <laughs> so pretty much no choice over yeah i was a math major i math and science i loved it and i you know later i uh, became an engineer then architect but yeah so when I passed it, I thought I was a great grade. Plus, oh, plus by the way, I didn't have any connections to get to the university with the level that I want. You had to yeah. spend it all. You know, the, the, this big thing going on, how the uh, families getting their kids in the, the some families they got their kids uh, in the college by paying yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. It was similar to that there, but it was very uh, common. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're doing that. So when I passed the exam, it came back to me and said, "Okay, um, Mr. Garzan, you have been accepted to university the celebration." But you gonna your major is gonna be history, and you're gonna go to this remote university on the north <laughs> east of Iran, wow. which is a religious, you know, more like a religious type of school and yeah. university. Actually, it is. I said no, thank you. Wow. <laughs> so, so what, what I did was I went to the uh, you see an advisor who going outside the country, which a lot of kids did. Uh, Advisor, he looked at your grades and said, "Okay, you got three. You got a very good average. You have actually three point seven five. So what? Uh, what's going to happen? You can go to really good universities. And then the process. They started the process, and then they got me acceptance from uh, University of Michigan, which is a top ten school in the country. So that's where I was on my way. Got the uh, student visa. I was on my way, and uh, here we go. I came uh, to US." Then it's interesting. When I arrived here, I saw a lot of celebration, a lot of fireworks. I said, wow, what a country. They're doing this for me? I mean, look at this. I'm coming here. But it was the 200-year anniversary of 
1976 was the 200th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, and they were celebrating the country. Oh, really? <laughs> but it was party, it was celebration everywhere. Fourth of July was like um, out of this world. So I said, I kind of like to, you know, I said, I said, wow, look what they're doing for me. I'm coming here. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but other than that, I was uh, to the school and uh, came in, came in very, very minimal. It, I, I had enough money to just pay the, uh, first semester and then pay the housing which was a dorm uh, there that was it there was nothing else so uh, I pretty much have to after the first week here I had to start working I started working in the college and then that's continued so uh, so th- what'd you do what I my uh, I can't imagine you know being a but you said a 19 year old and coming yeah. to uh, when I think about me being 19 I I don't think I uh felt ready to do something like that at all just moved to a new country and figure yeah. it all out by myself so w- what did you do then you come with pretty yeah. much no money and yeah you know the good one good thing i did was back home i took after this regular school i went to this uh private school it's, it was called iran american society in there they taught you american english and because i knew i'm gonna come there one day so i took all those courses so i when i got here i was very pretty fluent in the uh English, especially American English. Yeah. And the first job I got was in the school, basically, as a uh, uh, assistant to the uh, uh, mechanic or the engineer of the building. Like maintenance? Maintenance, correct. Yeah, to change the light bulbs, to, you know, even we did some of the some of the janitorial stuff too, like, you know, some cleaning and maybe emptying the uh, trash cans in the classroom. Okay. And, and you know, and... Uh, some maintenance, yeah. Yeah, it's, maintenance. It, was a, it was a maintenance. So that was my, uh, that was my first job there. But it, uh, it paid or helped pay for the school. Then after that, I, uh, so I said, I need to make more money. So I jumped into, be, I became a waiter uh, in a restaurant, so I would get a lot of tips, a banquet waiter first, and then rate waiter. So that was uh, that was very helpful in paying for the college, um, for the home, room and board, and all that stuff. So. so maintenance wasn't wasn't cutting it. Well, while I was in school, it was good. It was okay because I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have a car, so I was right after I finished my classes, I will just go to the department. My supervisor was there, and then start working. So we worked from five to nine, basically. Yeah, you know. Every day and, uh, and weekends. Wow! So, so it was it was good. It was very helpful. It was better than nothing because I didn't know where the money is gonna come from for the next semester. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you get that job? Then, like, how did? Well, in the school, I went to the uh, uh, the they used to uh, post the jobs in the school. There was a, like a student uh, area, you know, the cafeteria, whatever it was. They used to post the jobs, and I saw the uh, job posted there. So I went to the uh, advisors. The advisor called there, and they said, you know, I, I have a student here. Is he interested in working there? Are you looking for this? They said, yes. I never forget. His name was Pete. The manager came over right away and had a couple of minutes interview and said, okay, <laughs> when can you start? <laughs> can you start today? <laughs> I have my guys out, so I'm doing more work myself. So I started right away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I just think about that too. I, I think about kind of going somewhere and then not only, you know, you don't know anybody and then even just trying to find a job at a place yeah. like that is seems very overwhelming. But I, I had a great confidence because I knew where I, where I was. I wanted to be there. I had a purpose. I had, you know, goal. I said, I have to get there no matter what. And it's ama- it's amazing if you think that way, you're focused in that, get into that point, 
it's amazing. It happens. Not only it happens, it becomes. Then you look back, you say, "Wow, that was good. That was easy. It's doable." So everything that that gave me even more motivation to do other things, go higher than that. So, wow. So then, yeah, you got you got the job, and you you were accepted for engineering. You said yes, I was accepted for engineering. I actually uh, got my associate degree in engineering. But when I was in University of Michigan, I also said. Wow, I'm in America. I got a party too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Every when it came on the weekend, it was like uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sundays. Uh, people instead of going out, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, going to the bars and discos and all that stuff. In Ann Arbor, University of Michigan, everybody was going to the library. I said, "Where is the party? Where is the fun?" So after the second semester, I transferred myself to Michigan State which was more a party town and uh, <laughs> plus at that moment I was thinking you know engineering is kind of boring I want to do more something more creative and I was thinking about this a school of architecture so that's uh, where I went but I still got my associate degree in uh, engineering but I switched to the uh, architectural field so um, I uh, went to Michigan State then I transferred here to this area and I finished my degrees my bachelor's and my uh, master in the uh, Howard University and uh, Catholic University. So I became an architect. That's uh, that's what I uh, uh, wanted to do. And then uh, when I started practicing architecture, I realized a few years down the road that I, in the architects, you have to be either a great designer to get somewhere or be a good project architect, project manager, project architect, because the designer designs it and then the uh, project architect puts the building together, manages it, deals with all the consultants and all that stuff. I wasn't a great designer. I realized that. Okay. So I said, but I was fantastic project architect. I r- right away moved on to the position of the project managers, uh, project supervisor, and uh, had a team. So I became really good at that. And then... What was happening is anytime the economy, those days in you know 80s, every few years the economy will tank, will go down. It was like roller coaster there. So anytime the economy went down, the first people that they laid off were the architects. Oh yeah. Because the construction stopped. People are not building. If there's you know the <laughs> economy is bad, they're not putting new things and all that stuff. New yeah. Building. So I said, you know what? Okay, I gotta think about something here. So what I did was um I also was interested in the technology, especially CAD, the computer-aided design. And that was just coming out. So I that grabbed my attention. I said, wow, I saw this machine drawing, you know. You give the commands, you do all that stuff, and it actually draws for you, you know. I said, wow, this is amazing. I actually loved it so much. I got so taken by it that I became expert at it. I became, that be- became my uh, specialty of uh, being the CAD, CAD architect, they call them those days. And I was able to actually go that direction and be very useful for the architects and the engineers uh, in my field. So that kind of evolved into the IT. That's what I do now. But for many years, I worked with the architects and engineers and construction people. So that was you got CAD kind of into CAD after you graduated with an engineering degree, an architecture degree? Yes, yes, exactly. Wow. Because first first job I had, everything was with the uh, pen, pencil, and ruler, and, and you know, traditional way of uh, drawing and designing and all that stuff. So. Okay. And so then you graduated. Um, 
in from Michigan State with your bachelor? No, actually, I got the associate degree in Michigan State. Oh, uh, okay. So for my bachelor, I came to Howard University. Oh, you came here? Oh, okay, uh, yeah, okay. I moved. The reason I came to the area was because it was closer to the Europe. used to go to Europe, to England, and all that stuff. That's one of the reasons. The other thing was we were, uh, we were politically active, and with the center of the uh, politics was in Washington, D.C., So used to come to the Washington D.C. from Michigan, go back and forth. So that was a good opportunity. A lot of friends started moving to this area. So I moved to this area. So that was that was one of your bigger motivations than to come to. Wow, that's interesting. Yes. Um, what year was that that you came here to to this area? To this area. It was nineteen yeah. eighty. Yeah, I moved here nineteen eighty. I got my bachelor in eighty two. I got my master in eighty three. Wow. So like a one-year master's pretty much. Yeah, it is. Those days in the ar- field of architectural, they didn't have master's. They called it professional degree, which you could do it in year and a half, basically. But I'm doing something similar that your brother is doing uh, for master. I took classes in the summer and then two other semesters after that. And so in basically year and a half, I was able yeah. to get the uh, that professional degree, which was uh, equivalent to the master. And you were working through that too? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. As That time I was a waiter, which was a blessing because I used to put just weekends and maybe maybe uh, a night during the week. But that I was making enough money to be able to support myself full for the full-time uh, school. Yeah, you can't do that now. It's hard, huh? <laughs> well, it's impossible. It's yeah. literally impossible. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Difficult uh, is uh, no problem, but impossible might take some time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I look so at that's, it. That's a, a great quote. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do think it's actually impossible to pay off all of your school. Yeah. If if you're not getting like um, if you're not getting any help, yeah, with, like loans or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it's to just work on weekends and make seven thousand dollars a semester. To pay off the, the what's it called tuition, and then also be paying six hundred dollars a month for four months. So room and board. And all so that, you're, yeah. you you have to like making over ten thousand dollars in one semester is plus doing school full time yeah. is pretty difficult. I don't think there's really anyone who's successfully doing all of that right now, just because of inflation and how much more expensive college is. Okay. So I shouldn't talk about all the goods that I was receiving from, like Colombia, South America, and all that. I stuff. mean, you want to talk about it? You can. <laughs> Just kidding. I know. <laughs> wow. And so then, um, you finished with your master's degree. Yes. What What happened from there? You You got into CAD, and what was like then? Your What was it like getting out of college and finding a job in your field? Oh, it was very easy, especially with the. Um, with the interest that I had in the CAD and uh, plus uh, uh, the uh, little experience that I had uh, put together those days, there was the need was high, the, you know, the, uh, so it, I had no problem finding any. Actually, I've never been out of work or out of job. It's always, always been one after another. The jobs have been there. Um, I don't know. It is my confidence that I haven't been, you know, I don't want to put myself away. I haven't never been in an interview for a job that I didn't get. 
I didn't offer. I guess if I came across that, you know, do and I had to, I had to prove it. And I, th- I think I was uh, pretty good at what I was doing, and and the little turnaround of that uh, computer aided design and the the whole world going through toward technology was very helpful. So then, what what gave you, you? You keep referring to this confidence, you know, and I. What gave you that confidence? Then I'm I'm curious as to like how you were able, because you know a lot of people I think my age especially. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of struggled to go into interview settings like that with that kind of confidence and yeah um. I had to have the confidence because when I talked to myself I said I am coming to this country the other side of the world I don't know anybody I cannot just sit there there is nobody that's going to come and help me nobody is going to support me nobody's going to provide for me I need to either make it or break it I have to either be successful or fail. When I thought about it, I said failure is not an option. If I don't succeed here, I go back. I'm going directly to the military. <laughs> going to do two years of work. The war has started there. That means I'm going to be in a war zone. <laughs> so there was like no alternative. And that's it. I said, okay. I've always been positive and uh, motivating or self-motivating person. So that's that's what they gave me my confidence. I said, I got I to gotta do it. doesn't matter what, I got to do it, and I'm going to come across. I have to. Even even if there are times I wasn't feeling confident, I said, I have to show that I have confidence because if I don't, they're not going to hire me. They're not going to give me the job. Yeah. So. so that must have been really stressful then. I think about it because there's all that pressure. That It sounds like a lot of pressure, you know, and you f- feel like that pressure made you – push through that and because it was like like you said that you felt like there was no other option but also then like that's a that's very stressful uh, yes there's stress there is anxiety was there again then i went back to my the principles that i have what were the principles i had i said i have a dream i have to make this work so you know what get up and get your <laughs> butt together forget about the anxiety forget about the uh, you know being uh, anxious or stressed, go to work. Plus, I I became so busy, I wasn't having the time to have uh, stress or anxiety. I was going around the clock. I was getting up, running, going to the school, doing the work. Field of architecture takes a lot of work. A lot of you have to do a lot of drawing, a lot of presentation. So that was continuously going. And any free time I had, I had to be at work. So that was like I was working and running basically seven days a week. So I wasn't finding any time <laughs> to do that. Plus, on the back of that, it was like, wow, not only I'm getting to my goals, I am getting to dreams. On the side also, I made a promise. I made a promise to who? To my brothers and my mother that I will take care of them and I will bring them. So that was another factor there. That stuff like that, when that started happening, I started one by one bringing them out, taking them to different countries for them to come to U.S., that became like a mission. So when you have a mission, you have the purpose, you have to work all of that together, there is no time. <laughs> to get yeah. And at the same time, I said, you know what? I'm working hard. I am playing very hard. I have to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm working very hard, but I have to play too. So I made time. I made time to Party. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it was all work and all that stuff. Yes, I made time. Party, uh, have, you know, the friends do things, do activities, travel. I mean, for 10 years, I put, always put at, at least two weeks aside to go to two countries. Go to one country, 
to give you an example, go to Germany and then from there get a car, spend the week, we can have two weeks in Germany, then to, uh, drive to the next country like Austria and spend another we- uh, two weeks, three weeks. That's why, you know, for 10 years I did that. So that was another. So I created this uh, uh, fun stuff, great stuff to on the side to do, to be all, all work and no play. To yeah. get out of that uh, that situation, that was another goal. That was another dream. I want to see all these countries. So, so it was a combination of all those that I think covered the uh, anxiety and the stress in my life. Wow. And so then, so you then you felt like also those, yeah. I guess going back to what you said, you know, those dreams and you have these bigger things in mind that that just kind of pushed you through. Yes. Like the harder stuff. Yeah. Never, never stopped uh, dreaming. Always had a dream. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna probably laugh about this. I I dreamed when I when I was a kid. You know, when I was 13, 14 years old, I see a, I used to see a show, flamingo dancers. These uh, beautiful Spanish ladies in the flamingo dress dancing, and I used to point to the TV and say, "I am gonna marry one of those one day." <laughs> and my father would say. You're just a kid. What are you? What are you talking about? You know, you, you know. Just be quiet. I you know, do, no. I said, well, that's a dream. I'm gonna marry one of those. And you know what? I even took it further. I said, and the, her name is gonna ha- be Carmen. <laughs> I don't know why. I like that name. It was just amazing. And look what happened. Uh, I even made a trip to Spain a few years before, a couple of years before I met uh, mommy. There was an expo there. I went to the Spain for the World Expo, but at the same time I went there, I said, I am going to find my wife here. So I made a trip to Spain <laughs> to find it. Of course, I didn't find it. So I came back. That's after that. That's when I met, uh, met, uh, met mommy. Wow. How old are you when you were watching those shows? 14, 13. Was, oh, you were like a teenager. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, yeah. I was under the impression you were like under the age of 10. No, like no, no, no. I was 13, 14, you know. I would see those shows and I would, you know, make those comments. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, and so then, yeah, you, you so you worked. What was your first job then out of? Uh, when I got out of the school, out of school, I kept, it's interesting, the job I got, the first job I got was like 15000 a year in a, in a firm. Yeah, but I took it because I wanted to get the experience for my field. Yeah, I cannot just continue working. You know, I cannot be just waiter, waiter. I went through all these. I went to school for you know almost six years. So, but at the same time, the fifteen thousand wasn't up because when I was a waiter, I was making a lot more than that being a waiter. <laughs> so, yeah. so what I did was uh, because I was used to that uh, go 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 and working around the clock. I had my professional job nine to five, but I also kept my waiting job so that was a very good substitute or supplemental supplemental income income. yes so that was great so i kept that for a couple of years until uh my salary went up i got a better position in the in the firm so that then it became purely that uh, practice in architecture okay um and like and so then then walk me through then how that was climbing up that firm i guess you could say like how what yeah, it's what was the, the process of that of getting you know started with architecture and working your way up and and, and implementing CAD and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah, very good question actually. That was the, like the turning point really in my career. Uh, so when I was uh, I 
then after that, I got a job in a firm that had the CAD, just got in the CAD mainframes and all that stuff in there. So that's what attracted me to switch jobs and go there. So when I got that, it's interesting. The uh, first uh, first week I was there, and uh, this um, manager uh, comes through. I never forget him. His name is Al, and uh, he brings a roll of drawings, which was blood all over it. Blood is a term we use in architectural. It was red marks all over it. So he brings this roll. It's done. This architectural drawings all done in CAD. So he gives it to me. I'm just there started. I'm just. I don't even know CAD. You know, I'm learning there. He gives it to me and he says, this was uh, Monday, and he says, oh, okay, yeah, can you take care of all these red lines, or all the whole roll of set of drawings? Can you take care of all these? It's all in the CAD. He gives me the username, password, and all that stuff. And he says, fix all these, and it's due Wednesday by 2 o'clock. And this is Monday morning. Monday morning. So you have like two days. I have two days. Well, I have the Monday, Tuesday, and then I have part of the Wednesday. Yeah, two and a half days. That was, I think maybe that was the only time I felt like my, like my confidence, my, you know, <laughs> humanity, everything is going to come crashing down yeah. because I said, oh my God, this is impossible. I don't even know how to do that. Make the long story short, I didn't go home for the following two nights, Monday night, Tuesday night. I didn't sleep for the following two nights. A lot of tea and coffee and all that stuff. I said, I got I to gotta do this. Otherwise, I'm going to lose this fantastic job that I'm accompanying, you know, in D.C. that I'm going to. So it comes Wednesday, right around uh, noontime. I'm not taking a break. I'm continuing. Maybe I was maybe I was 50% done. And I from the corner of my eye, I see him approaching the manager. I said, oh, shit. This. Said, wait, this was on Tuesday, you said? No, it's Wednesday. On Wednesday. On okay. Wednesday, which I haven't gone anywhere. I've been continuously working around yeah. the clock. So, but I only got maybe half of it done. Yeah. I see him with my corner of my eyes is approaching. I said, oh, no. I think maybe that is the one I got the worst anxiety of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes here and he taps me on the shoulder and says, so how you doing, Sean? Uh, I'm like <laughs> broken, tired yeah. voice. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, and I kind of tried to show him that I'm really going at it. Yeah. So oh wow, wow. So by the way, that deadline is pushed back to next week. So don't worry about it. <laughs> there was a moment of silent but i think maybe it took like five years that silence <laughs> felt like it took five years yeah yeah i was silent he just did that and he walked away and i was frozen i was in a completely different dimension plus lack of you know sleep, sorry, and, sleep and all of that coming together i said to myself f me okay <laughs> <laughs> why because i said what the heck is that? Why didn't he tell me sooner? Why didn't he? Yeah. You know, why did he put me through this? But that turnaround, I learned CAD in two days. Yeah, yeah. I became the best CAD operator, best best CAD architect in the company. Wow! So it was became so good that they promoted me to supervisor position. And How long had you been working there? Um, like six months. And you're you got to supervisor. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. And then from there on, it was just going up because I loved it. I was like really fascinated with this you know, system, with this computer that does all these things. I mean, I felt in control, in charge. I can just tell it. It will draw from me. Yeah. You know? the, the, any way I want it, it will draw. I actually don't have to sit down and uh, draw it. So, so that was the, that was the uh, transition point there. Wow. And then after that, uh, it just went on. And then uh, in uh, uh, 2006, I, de- I decided to basically quit. I was in the corporate world. The corporate world is cutthroat. I was not having any life. I was missing my, my kids. And my wife. Well, you, you're jumping pretty... Uh, Am I going too fast? Yeah, you're jumping. That's a big jump. You said uh, you graduated in, what, uh, 1980? And then you... 1983. 1983. And so, 83 to 2006, that's 23 years. Okay, so let's, you want me to go in between? Yeah, let's... let's okay, well, ask um, me a question. What do you want to so know? So then, yeah, you, said, you mentioned the corporate world, and then where did your career go from there? You said you've... You, you got into this position as a supervisor, and you're kind of looking good in that firm. What... Then what led you to leave that firm then, and what what's yes. where were your goals? How were your goals changing then? I guess you could say. Oh, okay. At that time, the you know it was good. I practiced architecture for ten years. As I said, anytime there was a hit on the economy, the architects were getting laid off. The firm were uh, downsizing and all that stuff. But the getting into field of CAD and IT that was gave me the, the boosted uh, uh, protection and confidence to continue. That I knew I was. Uh, I was not dispensable, just like the you know the architects, because that's what I had. If even if they let architects go, they would always keep a CAD architect because that CAD architect can produce as much as two, three architects uh, by using the computer. Yeah, uh, you know, speed. It's like using up, yeah. the typewriter now versus what you use computer for word processing or spreadsheet yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. So that was the that was it. So first ten years I practiced it, then. Um, Pure architecture, but then after that, it switched to the CAD management. Basically, I became the CAD, CAD manager of the, all the uh, architectural firms that I work. I worked for some major companies, and that basically continued. Uh, that was uh, that was in phase two. You know, uh, I've mentioned this before to you. The, I believe the life we are we go through four phases. The uh, uh, up to twenty, we are uh, growing. Uh, up to 40, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, we are achieving. We're, getting, we're finishing the school. We're getting a job. We're getting married and all that stuff. That's the second uh, 20 years. And the third uh, uh, 40, th- third 20 year, we are settling down, basically. We are uh, completing the, all of our goals and achievements and where we're going to be. And then phase four, which I'm in right now, over 60, you basically just... Uh, uh, settling, thinking about retirement, and uh, uh, all the all the uh, end factors that is going to come into the phase four, basically. So I was in phase two. So that's the uh, uh, the building, uh, achieving, getting settled, and uh, that's uh, that's uh, that was what's going on. So the uh, practice and work just continued. It was uh, nothing, uh, you know, nothing. T- stands out like crazy or different basically was the that was the period that i was helping the family that was the period i was building my experience that was the period i was uh, venturing into other areas of the uh, field so 
that's uh, that's uh, that's what uh, it was. So it just kept moving and moving and moving up on this. Uh, it came to a point that I was associate and senior associate and the principal in the uh, firms that I worked. So I I reached to where I wanted to uh, be uh, when it came to the career. Wow, um, that's I mean that's really admirable. That's like I don't know. I feel like that's what a lot of people dream of. Then is to be able to say that, that you know they were able to build their career in that way and mm-hmm. work their way up like that um and you stayed in dc this whole time that whole time pretty much yes yes i stayed in dc and uh a uh, few years in the second phase a uh, few years into it then then after that it was uh, then the came the family uh, basically to uh, get married and uh, have a family that was the that was the uh, time for for that phase so how did that happen Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you asked. It's uh, interesting. Actually, when it came to really having a family, creating a family, uh, the uh, it wasn't a priority for me then because from what I was seeing, I was seeing the uh, marriages failing around in the family, friends, and all the people that I see or coworkers and all that stuff. I see marriages failing. Then... Uh, or if the marriages lasted, the, the, it created a dysfunctional uh, environment, which I thought about my own uh, family's dysfunctionality. Then, then the kids became, I would see the, uh, the kids becoming rebels and creating problems, getting in trouble. And I said, you know, all this commotion, all this craziness is happening with all these people that I know, then why, why do I want to get married? Why do I want to have a family? Until... Until I met your mom. She, uh, can I go into that? Go ahead, yeah. Yeah. That's what what I was prompting. Okay. Uh, What happened is um, I was tired of the bar scene. I was, uh, you know, I was like, like, you know, just spending time with the friends, uh, do activities, playing. My passion was uh, volleyball, playing a lot of volleyball, uh, racquetball. I was... uh, and music, uh, go a lot of concerts, you know. So I was, I was keeping it uh, satisfied and content with what was uh, going on, and I wasn't thinking, as I said, wasn't a priority for me. So this uh, buddy of mine um, calls me on a, on a Saturday uh, after the uh, Thanksgiving in 1992, and he says. What are you doing, you know, and all that stuff? Let's let's go out. Said, no, I'm tired. I'm not. I don't belong to that scene anymore. I don't want to go. He said, but let's go to this bar. They have a show there. It's not the, just a bar scene to go and chase ladies or meet somebody and all that stuff. But they have a show. They're gonna perform a show, and they do it on the stage. They do it on the counter of the bar. They say, it's, it's really. I've seen it before. It's really great. So let's go there. No, I don't want to go. It's just. But he's really. Pushed and pushed and pushed. I said, "Okay, I'll go there for a minute." If I, he said, "If you don't like it, then we'll we'll leave. We'll just come back. You know, we can come back to you." I said, well, "Okay, we'll come come back to my house and have a drink there. We watch a show or listen to music, stuff like that." So I got ready. We went to this uh, club, and uh, when I was in this club, um, I was sitting. It was like stages, sitting, and they were performing down there. And then I saw this group of people came in which was uh, now your uncle <laughs> with his wife and uh, my wife and their friends. 
they came, this group came into the place. So I looked at them and said, oh, first thing, first thing I noticed, it was um, your mom. Uh, I said, what, one guy and all these ladies? What's what's going on here? You yeah. Know? And uh, uh, I noticed your mom, I noticed the feature, the face, and the look, the hair. And uh, I said, oh, wow, that's a, that's a beautiful lady that is coming. And uh, all of them actually looked good, but she stood out. Okay. So sat there, and then uh, my buddy said, wow, look at that. There's one guy, and there are like four other ladies there. <laughs> four other ladies there. Yeah. What's going on there? And uh, I said, oh, he said, maybe that one guy is gay. He's just a friend or something like that. <laughs> I said, I said, oh, well, okay. He said, yeah, let's go down and talk to them. I said, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, he said, yeah, no, let's go. I said, no, you wanted, you go. <laughs> Why didn't you want to? I just didn't feel like it to go. I mean, I feel like, you know, what am I going to do? Go down there and say, okay, here I am, you know. I don't know. I just didn't feel it. Yeah. And uh, he, this guy was like really very friendly. He went what down What was there. his name? Pharaoh. Pharaoh? You still talk to him? Uh, no, he moved his, uh, you know. Yeah. But uh, do you remember him at all? No. Oh, you don't remember him. Okay. He's a very tall guy. He was an architect. Pharaoh? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. And uh, he went down there and started talking, started talking to uh, your uncle, uh, Dai Rafi, and started talking, you know, to him. And then he started really talking to one of the girls there. It was their friend. It was Lourdes and your aunt's, Teresa's friend there. He started talking to her. Get in, and all of a sudden he's giving me the wave. Come on down, come on down, come on down. I was like, "What the heck? You know what is he doing? You know, just like now, come on down." So I go down there. He's like, "I'm in." Yeah, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I passed the I'm gate. I'm talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, "Okay." So I went down and they introduced me to uh, the brother. Brother was very receptive. Uh, um, Uncle uh, Rafi, Tio Rafi was very Raphael. Very, yeah, Raphael was uh, very very receptive. Come on, you know. I have, drink you know and all that stuff so actually he him and my buddy they pushed everybody to go on the dance so they pushed me and uh, their mom Lourdes, to go and dance and that is when i went to dance with her that's when it ha- all happened it wasn't any close dance she was dancing like with the hands out like you know yeah. like don't come she, near don't get, space yeah give space don't even get close and all that stuff and it wasn't situation, it wasn't sexual, it was not none of that stuff, but it wasn't the look, it was nothing. She, she looked beautiful, but it wasn't that. For some reason, I got this mm, magnificent, amazing feeling in my body. I said, what is this? What is going, what's happening here? I'm trying to discover, I'm dancing with her, then I come back and I'm talking, I'm getting this feeling like overpowering me. I was like, what is this, you know? And then I finally realized what that is. I turned around and I told her, I said, I have been waiting for you all my life. And <laughs> she looked at me. She, later, she told me what the, went through her mind was like, he probably says that to all the girls that he meets. Yeah. You know, he's not a bad looking guy. And, you know, he goes and... He's pretty cute. He's, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's pretty sexy. He can, yeah. he can say that to anybody. Anybody, yes. Uh, plus, I had the confidence and all that stuff. So yeah. she said, oh, but I am leaving tomorrow because I live in Puerto Rico. I don't live here. Yeah. 
I said, so she essentially it curved you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, doesn't matter. I've been traveling the world. Puerto Rico, I'll come to Puerto Rico. I always wanted to go to Puerto Rico. <laughs> I hadn't been there before. So yeah. Actually, I wanted to go one day and see it because I knew it was U.S. territory and, you know, I heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah. So I said, oh, okay, well, uh, great. So she gave me her card, uh, business card. She was a counselor in the private school. She gave me that card, not the home number or anything like that. Give me that card. And I said, okay, great. And then when I looked at the card, I realized uh, it was Lourdes Centeno Bauza, Dash Bauza. Then I said, is she married? Because here, yeah. if they... Uh, uh, Sometimes people get married and they just add the other person's last name. Correct. Rather they keep than, their own yeah. name and then dash, and it was like that. They didn't realize until later that uh, in Spanish culture, they put the first name, last name, and then which is father's last name, and then they put dash mother's last name. Yeah. That's very typical in the Spanish culture. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I said, she married? You know, what is this? You know, that dash kind of threw me off, away, <laughs> threw me off too. So anyway, so I said, okay, you, we danced, we talked and all that stuff, and then, then she said, well, I'm leaving tomorrow morning and all that stuff. So I, ta- I started talking to the brother, and I said, so you, she's leaving tomorrow and all that stuff. Do you mind if... We come to go to the airport. He's like, yeah, that's great. Here's my address. Here's number and all that stuff. So night ended. Everybody went home. In the morning, we got up. Actually, my buddy came and stayed with me. So we got up. Farrah? Farrah, yeah. And uh, didn't want to drive, you know, a couple of drinks and all that stuff. And uh said just stay here that's okay and tomorrow we can go to the airport with them he was excited too because he was going to see the other girl too so in the morning we got up we went there and uh to the to their apartment locked the door went in and the uh first person i saw i mean the brother opened the door i saw the brother but i saw the mother right away coming with a smile toward me she had the amazing smile that she gave me that like wow good to see you you know, I was like very, uh, very beautiful smile she, she gave me. I was like, okay, I'm safe, you know, <laughs> I'm seeing the mother. And uh, later I found out that she told uh, Lourdes that, uh, yes, he's the one for you. I don't know how she knew. Same thing, uh, Lourdes questioned the mother, how do you know all this and all that stuff. So, yeah, so we accompanied Got a gift for her. To, uh, actually, the gift Pharaoh gave me that gift to give to her. What was, was it? A, it was a uh, Persian uh, handcrafted uh, frame. Picture frame? Picture frame, yes. And gave that to her, and later she put our picture in there, which was nice. And uh, so I have a question before yes. you continue. What What do you think that feeling was? What? Where do you think that comes from? You know, like what? How would you explain that? Because you had it, her mom had it. What? How would you describe that? Like, what is what is that? Um, I don't have an uh, I don't have an answer for that to see exactly where it comes from. I just know it came. I know it is. You know, there's I've experienced a lot of unexplainable feelings and thoughts in life that has come uh, to me. 
but it is like something from the above, something from our subconscious, something from our uh, back of our mind that comes through. So I don't have a solid answer for that to say. I don't know where it comes from, but it has come a few times in my lifetime. And I has been just like a ride, and I've jumped on the ride, and I've taken the ride, and I've gone with it, and the results have been excellent. So, don't know. <laughs> okay, well, you can continue then. Sorry, I just wanted to. I was yeah, curious. That's a, no, that's a very good question, but you know, I just loved it, and it came. You know, so what happened is, um, so she went back to Puerto Rico, and. I uh, then the Christmas was getting close, so I sent her a Christmas card, and she responded. And then came uh, the um, the weekend of the New Year's Eve. So what happened is she got a phone for the apartment that she was living. So she called me from that phone, and when I picked up the phone, those days you didn't have cell phone and all that stuff. So when she, I pick up the phone, she hung up. I guess she got scared of talking. So a few minutes later, she called. As soon as she called, I didn't have a caller ID or anything like that. I picked up. She said, hi. I said, Lourdes? It's like I knew. Again, I don't know. I cannot explain why I came to me. I knew. And uh, hi, how you doing? Oh, she said, I got a phone. I wanted to call you. I wanted to give you the number. I was like, wow. Yes. Yeah, she said <laughs> it had been like over a month. Yeah, it's been a month. People, some people nowadays would get very discouraged after a when month. it takes like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you meet somebody and then they leave. You tell it's that option's over. Yeah, you know, that's, that's it. She's gone. So. Yeah, because pace of life it was a lot slower then than nowadays with technology, with quickness, everything. You know, we expect everything to be happened right away. Uh, yeah, we want to get see the results why, right away. Why wait a month for somebody yeah. when you can meet someone online right now? Yeah. And, but if it's a good thing, if you sense, if that feeling comes or you sense it, it's worth wait, waiting. So I said, okay, so what's you're doing? She said, I'm off to uh, school because of the holidays. I said, well, why don't you come and visit? She said, no, 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 I cannot afford, you know. She says, no, oh, I'm not coming to you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not coming to you, boy. Yeah, I'm not coming to you. And you said you're a world person. You've traveled. Why don't you come? I said, really? I said, yeah. Come and visit. You can come and visit Puerto Rico. You said you wanted to see Puerto Rico. So I said, okay, hold on. I'll call you back, right back. I hung up. I called the travel agency, Uptown Travel Agency, never forget. Called there and said, so what's the situation with the flights to Puerto Rico? She said, the travel agent said, when you want to go? I said, well, today is um, uh, Tuesday. And New Year's Eve is uh, today's Monday. New Year's Eve is Thursday, so I wanted to go uh, for Thursday and come back like the Sunday or Monday of this week. So, oh, <laughs> first of all, it is impossible to find tickets this late, this for that time of the year. Everybody's going, even everybody's going to Puerto Rico or Puerto Ricans coming to U.S. It was the busiest time, hottest time. But you're in luck. Somebody bought a ticket. Paid for it for the days that you want, and uh, but you cannot go. So these tickets are usually three hundred because we've already been paid for. It was non-refundable. We'll only charge you three hundred dollars. Wait, they're normally how much? Six hundred dollars. Six hundred. Okay. It was the hottest time of those days. Six hundred. I said, okay, I'll be hold on to it. I'll be right down. 
I don't know how fast I drove down to the travel agency, which was in D.C., and I used to live in Bethesda. I think it took me maybe 15, 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. So I got there. I got the tickets. I called her back. I said, I will be there Thursday. I'm coming. Wow. <laughs> she like went silent. She was like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And then when we hung up, she told the mother. And the mother said, the first thing the mother said, okay, so we need to move here. What are we going to cook for him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's coming. What are we going to cook for him? And Lourdes is like, you don't even need this person. And you ask him what we're going to cook for him. You know, he said, no, you have to be hospitable. He's coming for you. <laughs> wow. So interesting. She was so supportive of it, you know? Oh, very supportive. Always. It's so interesting. You, you just think about, um, I, I'm, I always related to, you know, nowadays, and I feel like the parents would be guarded by, uh, like, if there was someone expressing that much interest into someone they don't really know at all. Like, you yeah. didn't know her. You know what I mean? Yeah. You met her that one night, mm-hmm. and you're willing to do all this to go see her and meet her again you know so it's it's just it's so interesting you know how like for i I feel like for mommy she was like she also had her wall up a little bit of course but even her mom wasn't guarded her mom was like no no this is of course yeah like she i don't know i think it's just interesting i think she had a kind of a similar uh experience herself with uh her husband which is the uh your uh, grandfather yeah she had a similar experience. Plus, those days, the um, I, I think we had more sense of things, of trusting things or believing in things. It wasn't uh, interfered with all these things that is happening today, with the technology, with all the you know things that are changed today. We relied more on our instincts and more on our assumption, permission, you know, all of those uh, factors that we relied on more. And it was like, that's, uh, and she was, she was right. (laughs) So after that, uh, two weeks later, she said, I need to come and see your environment. So she, I had a great weekend uh, with her. It was fantastic and all that stuff. We stayed uh, with them, with their mom. And then she came, she had a brother here, which lived in only Maryland. So she came, and that uh, two weeks later, then I went back two weeks later. But I may, I surprised her for Valentine's Day, February. It's all January, but then the uh, one of the trips that I made there, I connected with her uh, one of her best friends. Her name is Eneida. Yeah, Madrina. Uh, Madrina, yes, her <laughs> godmother. Yes, yeah, my godmother. <laughs> yeah, I connected with her. I got an, her number. So I, when I got back, I contacted her. I said. I want to surprise her for the Valentine's Day. Can you help me? Oh, she was very excited to help. How did you get in contact with her? I, when I was there, I got her number. When I was visiting. So in in but that was in December, right? That was in January. Oh, in January. Because okay. you know she came in and she came two weeks later in January. I went back in January, like a uh, week okay, and a half, okay. two weeks later. I went back. So that time I connected. So when I was coming, I was going to come back for the Valentine's Day. So I got her number. I communicated with her. I said, I want to set up this uh, surprise. She was very excited. And she was, a, she's a, she was in the movie industry. She's a location manager. She sets up things. She's like the one, her expertise. That's her job, basically. Yeah. She has, she's been in some famous movies. Yeah, I know, know, I know. So she said, no problem. I'll set it all up. So she uh, set it up for us to meet in this... Uh, uh, restaurant, uh, bar, club type of thing, and uh, Amadeus, I never forget. 
Uh, it's on San Sebastian Street in uh, San Juan, old San Juan. So she set it up. But the way she brought your mom to the place, she said, oh, I am meeting this new guy and I need support. I need chaperone because I I don't yeah. know this person. On those days, that was very common. It was like over there. Yeah. So I want you to be there, not only be there supporting me, also I want your opinion about this person. So Aneda was turned the things around saying that she's meeting somebody. So mommy was there and said, okay, you know, well, let's go. She's sure. not suspecting anything. Anything. So we go there and she uh, strategically sets it up so the back is toward the door when I'm going to come in. So they sit there, both of them side by, at like a bar thing there and they were drinking drinks and they're talking and... Uh, <laughs> Neda is getting nervous here. She's the one getting nervous. And Lula said, "What's going on with you? Why you? Why you? You know?" Yeah. I said, "Because it's a new guy. I'm nervous. I'm getting. I'm gonna meet." <laughs> <laughs> but really, the nervousness was because of me coming there. Yeah. So I was in the plane, landing there. I had like I don't know. It was 24, 36 red roses, and I had one white rose singles on the side. And I'm hugging in the plane. In the plane, you know, Puerto Ricans like to clap and all that stuff. So the stewardess, uh, one of the stewardess says, oh, wow, this is beautiful. You want? I, I tell her what I'm doing. She starts talk, telling people, we have this, uh, uh, this lover, guy, yeah. lover boy in the plane taking all these roses. And everybody starts clapping in the plane. Yeah. <laughs> it was exciting, you know. So I land, I go there. So that one rose, the white rose was for Eneida, of course. And then the all um, the roses was for her. So I come through the door. And the back, so I go around, and I play this joke. I'm, if I'm on this side of you and your back, I tap the opposite shoulder, so the person turns that direction automatically. Yeah, yeah. It's so a, she, it's a old, one of the oldest <laughs> tricks in the book. Yeah. So she turns, and Ada is sitting there, and uh, we're sitting there. So I tap the other shoulder, so she turns around over there, and and Ada is like shocked seeing me there, and then. By her child, Lourdesira says, oh, there's somebody on this side. Yeah. So she turns around. She sees me. These magnificent big eyes get even bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just goes in a state of shock, basically. She couldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't say I say easily for about 10 minutes she couldn't say anything. Jeez. 10 to, I say 15 minutes, like nothing. It was just shock. She put her hand on the face, put her head down. And just was completely shocked, surprised. Finally, she comes out of it, and she looks at me. She gives a nice hug and kiss, and and then I say to myself, "On her lips? No, 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 (laughs) no. (laughs) Just, just kissing. You know, cheek kissing, cheek to cheek, and hugging. And then I, I turn to myself and say." Holy moly, I made it. She has accepted me. <laughs> because I saw the her reaction and excitement. And then after that, that was uh that was it. Wow. That was it. We uh I proposed to her um the next year on Valentine's Day. It was a magnificent, you know, occasion. Yeah. Because I'm surprised that on Valentine's, but the next year I proposed on Valentine's Day and we got married uh, New Year's Eve. Of 1994. Wow. So you proposed to her only really after like a year of dating. 
Yes. You knew. <laughs> yes. Well, it was a good thing, and we knew. We knew after one year. We knew, you know, we knew that's we're gonna be together, and that's gonna be the one. And she's in destiny, and um, and then we got married. But the when we got married, we said we're not gonna have kids for the first two years. We're gonna travel. I got a job, uh, a contract to go to China. So I went ahead. A two-year contract it was. We said this is perfect timing because we had just married like a couple of months before that. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna go there and you come later. We live together there. Actually, will be great. We get, get to know each other even more. We enjoy life, and then then we'll think about having kids. So we went there. We were two years. Uh, I didn't renew a contract for another three. We said it's time to go back, and to go back to our you know our place in you know, back in U.S. And uh, we came back, and uh, after that, I saw uh, my children in her eyes. <laughs> so that was that. I was after that. We decided, okay, it's time. And then have some kids. Yeah, have some kids, and here, uh, here you are. <laughs> that was uh, twenty, uh, twenty-three years uh, ago. Wow, crazy. Then after that, it was uh, it has been nothing but uh, wonderful. And here we are. Yep. And then how was it like then for raising kids? It was uh, it was wonderful. It was a blessing, and especially you guys are wonderful. I mean, we are so lucky. We are so blessed. I mean, first of all, with the uh, with having twins. Secondly. Uh, what you guys were it just just was out of this world you know um your mom played uh, she was a teacher she was a counselor so she played uh that part of that role very well of raising you guys which did wonderful job and i was on the part of the playing and doing bodo bodo and run and doing the plays being the yeah. sports doing the you know the fun part i remember i used to come home uh, she she is taking care of you all day long, you know, all you guys and all that stuff. But you guys wait at the door for me to step in with your hands up, doing the flying and running and you know wrestling and doing the bulldoze bulldozer and doing all those different games that we used to play. So it was like you guys were waiting for that. So it, we complimented each other and your childhood and your guys were awesome. It was just amazing. So blessed, so how, blessed. How was it like to find out you had, you were having twins? Because my brother, the year before that, had twins. I said, okay, we're going to have twins too. I just said, you know, I thought, actually, it doesn't come from man. The twins come from the woman's side. Oh, the, really? Yeah, female side. Never comes from the male. So I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> my brother had it. I can have twins too. So when you guys, <laughs> my mom, your 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 mom and my mom actually both, they said, "Oh, don't 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 get to uh, okay, that. It doesn't come from the male. It comes from the female." Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I, that's okay. I'll I'll take it anyway." And it was so exciting. I was like, when the nurse, when they were doing the sonogram, said, "This is baby A, and this is baby B." Again, that's another time. Your mom went to a shock. I said, what? Then I said, yes, yes, yes. I remember three times. Yeah. <laughs> I asked again, 
that means we are having twins <laughs> yes and she Lourdes was shocked again <laughs> that. but when it came out of it it was like oh my god what a happiness what a what an amazing feeling and uh, so, and the time came when you guys uh, were born when uh, when the first time I saw you uh, you know same same feeling with your brother but I saw, but your brother was premature and smaller they put it in well, the we were both premature but I mean he he needed more attention uh-huh. he, they put him in the in- incubator yeah uh, uh, to take care of him stabilize him and all that stuff because he was smaller he was uh, more Im- <laughs> mature than uh, uh, than you you uh, and but when I saw you the first time you were you know they brought you out I didn't want to see it I don't want to watch that. I was there. When they gave birth, when she gave birth. Birth, but I was there. I was in the room, but I didn't want to see the actual birth. And, uh, and, uh, but when you came over and I saw you, pulled it out, washed you and all that stuff, and then wrapped you, when I saw you, that was just an amazing revolution in the, in the mind, body, everything. It's like it goes through your whole system. I said, oh my God, I have kids now i have you know i have brought another human being to this world what an amazing what an amazing thing to be involved and be part of and be in on one end of it and then and did you hold me yes i hold you i couldn't hold on me again it was in Cuba, but i i held you in my arm i just looked at you i was like oh my god and I was afraid. I was very afraid. I was really very, kind of was feeling uncomfortable. If, I mean, the feeling of having a kid was amazing, but holding part, I was afraid. I was like, like, what do I do with this? Yeah. <laughs> it's so fragile because I was scared. I thought, I'm going to break you or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was really afraid. Of that. And actually, I didn't hold you guys for... I didn't hold you for first two weeks. Really? Yes, because I was afraid, especially seeing Omi too. Because we brought you home first, we came home first, uh, you know, because you were okay, everything was fine. But we had to leave Omi behind. But being seen uh, so fragile, I was like afraid. I was scared, you know. But little by little, little, you know, uh, mommy helped and they said, you know, it's okay. Come on, you know. Damn it! Come on, I I need help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then then it was okay. Then I never forget. Um, Omid did this in the incubator when I put my hand in there, grabbed my finger, and you did it at home, grabbing the finger. That was that was just amazing feeling. Really? Yeah. Just 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 grabbed my finger because I was just like touching. Yeah. Putting it's it a reflex. You yeah. know that? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's uh you. If you you p- you press on their palm, they okay. It's a re- they don't even know what they're but, doing. But yeah. for me, it was like, oh my god, he's grabbing my finger. Yeah, he's already communicating with me. He's already connecting with yeah. me. I was high. I mean, I was. <laughs> nothing can give you that such a high <laughs> in life. I mean, that was one of the highest points of my life. Wow. And and you were forty. That's right. Yeah, that's right. When you guys were born, I was forty. It's a little older. Uh, I still was uh, full force going forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And I even made twins. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then so then how did your career continue after that you know um what like what changed and mm -hmm. what going forward from having kids you know what's what's going on then so what happened is when you guys were around seven uh, and I was deeply involved in this corporate world and all that stuff. Uh, I think it was seven, eight, with 19, I mean, 2000, you were born 97, so maybe more than, maybe eight, 2005. I was traveling, I was not home, I was missing you guys, I was missing my wife, you know. And I was like, I was making hell of a lot of money, no doubt. Yeah. But I didn't have a life with my family. I said, you know what? They're going to grow. They're going to, you know, before I know they're going to turn and they're going to go out, they're going to go to college, and I haven't enjoyed them. I haven't been with them. I'm just working and working and running, traveling and staying here and in this hotel, that hotel. I mean, just one day I said, I quit. I quit my work, my corporate world. I quit that, and um, I uh, took about, I'd say about six months off, five, six months off, and then kind of a, Spend time with you guys heavily, then rediscovered uh, myself to say what I want to do. I want to work. I'm going to do a job that I don't have to be slave. The job doesn't take my life. I can work and live at the same time. So I decided to open my own business. So in 2006, I opened my own consulting business. And uh, I had that for uh, about uh, 10 and a half, almost 11 years. And basically, I uh, kind of sold it and passed it on and, you know, went from there. And uh, then I decided, okay, what kind of a job I'm going to get? My kids go to school. They come back from school. They're off ho holidays. They're off on the weekends. What would be the ideal job to take? I need to work in the school. <laughs> So in uh, so I said that's what I need to do. I need to get a job in the school, you know. While I was doing the consulting work, consulting work became basically remote access to all the systems. But I needed to have a job too, so that's why I I went to a private school, and we work in the private school because I get all the holidays. Anytime the students, you know, are off, I'm off. You yeah, know, basically. And on top of that, I can celebrate. Uh, when my there was a snow day, my kids celebrated. I was celebrating too because yeah. I'm not going to school neither. <laughs> so basically, I stayed in the private school uh, system up to today, and and it will be there for the last chapter of my career. It will be for another two and a half years before I step into partial retirement. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then I was just gonna ask, like, then what are your goals now, moving forward, now that we've we've caught up with your life and you're here. Yeah, um, I wanted to. I wanted uh, always. My objective has been to be completely set financially, and you guys get finish the college, get somewhere, and that. And uh, my again, I still have a dream. You might ask, what is, What is your dream now? I mean, you have you've gotten all this stuff that you were talking about. You've gotten there. What is your dream now? Uh, I will. I will have dreams until the day I die. That will never go away. I'm a, I'm a dreamer, you know. One dream accomplished, get there, and next dream. My dream is right now, yes, retire uh, partially. I don't think I will ever stop completely not working, you know. I want to mind, be active, going. 
I don't want to get the Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have that going. That's that's my goal. And I want to step into retirement and enjoy the last few years. Uh, by move, uh, We are planning. Uh, we, we concluded what we're going to do. We're going to uh, move to a, to the beach, Delaware beaches. And we're going to be there. We're going to spend like six, seven months there. Um, and uh, spend probably spend uh, two, three months in Puerto Rico every winter because for 27 years, every year, your mom says, well, as soon as the winter breaks or gets cold, says, when we go in, when we move into Puerto Rico or when uh, <laughs> when we go in there, when we get in out of this weather, she, she's a Caribbean girl, so she never, never liked it. So we're going to spend the winter times in uh, Puerto Rico. And then... Other places like Montreal, Canada, maybe a month, and then maybe south of uh, Spain or Portugal, another month or two. Be other places and enjoy the retirement that way. And um, and then also enjoy your guys. I'm sure you guys, you know, you guys probably get married, have a family, enjoy that and spend time and be, be with you guys. Wow. With you, your family also. Well, then, do you have any advice for people our age who who are figuring it out? Because, you know, you're you're at this point, like you said, you you said you're in the stage four, pretty much of it, phase four, as you called it. Yeah. Of your life, you know, that kind of w- that later phase, you know, for someone my age who's starting the second one. And right. It's like, I guess, the the first big one, you could say, because, yeah, you know, that's a very big one. Yeah. Uh, what what's your advice then for uh, having lived so like, through all those? What's your advice for somebody my age? OK, uh, there's one thing I always tell people or I tell myself, I say, I hate to be, let's say, 70 years old and turn around and look back. And see that I haven't done what I wanted to do or I haven't come to my dreams, or I haven't accomplished, or I haven't been done good in this world. Every day has, for me, every day has to be better than yesterday. If there is the same, then I haven't done. I have basically, I feel like I've wasted it. So every day, doesn't matter how small or how big it is, your today got to be better than yesterday. So that has always been my goal, and that is a great motivation uh, going forward. But what I what I tell to the young generation, you know, including uh, you, is you gotta have these 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 principles, which is or these objects objectives, which is have a purpose, which is slash goal. Set the goal for yourself. You know, goal is gonna be okay. I'm gonna finish college. I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna work here. I'm gonna you know. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get married. I'm gonna. These are these are the uh, uh, purpose and goals in life. Always have that. Never drop that. Always have that back on. But make it fun, make it more fun. Add dream and passion to it. Passion can be anything. It can be music. Can be sports. Can be you know uh, doing like traveling. Can be any of that. Never go forward without having that passion in your life and on top of that dream never stop dreaming if you can have these three three things in your life i think that is the recipe for happiness success uh, name it that's that's what i say create that for yourself you're sitting in your bed you're playing a video game 
stop that. Think about it. Say, okay, what 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 am I gonna do today? Is gonna be better than yesterday. What are my dreams? What I, do I have any dreams? Should I dream about something? It could be anything. Dream something that is impossible. That's okay. It's free. <laughs> Anybody can do that. But at the same time, think about the passion. You gotta have passion because all of these. When you don't have any of these. Then other stuff comes through. The anxiety, the depression, the uh, um, want to become a rebel, want to do uh, self-destruction, you want to do, you know, uh, all of those elements find a way to get into to, your, to, the, to the head. Yeah. But if you keep yourself busy with all these three elements, never have to worry about that. So then what's your passion right now? My passion, I, I I still have a dream. But before the passion, I have the dream. The dream right now, for example, for me is uh, to see your children. When I see your children, that means, what does that mean? That means that you have found your partner, right, partner. You have created a family. You have settled. settled. You have kids. You have recreated a <laughs> human, uh, human being. That will be the ultimate dream for me right now to see. That is, that's my dream. Of course, this is not a dream that I can do anything about it. It's all on you, but I can be supportive to where you want to get to that. And in, in a way, I am fulfilling my own <laughs> dream also yeah. by helping, by supporting, by all that, doing that. My passion right now is sports. I play volleyball still. Uh, listen to music, see concerts, travel. These are these are my passions right now. Uh, I'm thinking of buy, buying another exotic car. <laughs> so these are the d- daily passions uh, that I that I have and I dabble into. Wow. Well, that's very good advice. Um, I appreciate that and. It's, you know, that's, it makes me more thankful for like the support that you've given and yeah. Um, yeah, I am, I am very, I am very proud of my uh, kids. I'm very proud of you. Um, you, you know, again, I'm not saying this because I'm your father, but you just, just been amazing how we never had to, I never had to ask you to God to do your homework. So get good grades or accomplish and don't do anything uh, bad. You know, I, I never ha- never had to do that. You've always run with it. We've always done, basically just, just come to me and say, this is what I've done or this is what I accomplished. And that, that satisfaction is immense. And I am very, very proud of you. And I uh, just wanted to let you know uh, that I, I do listen to your podcast. I haven't listened to every single one of them. Uh, some of them I'm listening in the uh, um, briefly, going through, through it. But some of them I've listened the full length. That's uh, okay. I, I I didn't I don't expect you to listen to all of them. No, but I'm I'm just expressing. Yeah. Uh, I'm just giving an example uh, which ones stood out. I don't know if that's next question probably is gonna be. Yeah, yeah. And which one is stood out for me when you in um, you had read. And Hunter here. Yeah. And then uh, your brother, especially the second time you had here, 
and they, they stood out for me. It was very strong, it was very powerful. I liked it, I really uh, amazing. But the other ones, you uh, had some of your friends that uh, thought they were very good too. Even you even had, I listened to the one that you had your ex-boss here. That was yeah, yeah, good. Nate. Nate. Yeah, so that was good, but on top of all of those, the one you had with uh, mommy, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> that was a uh, very, very nice resistor. Uh, so, and here I am. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I think we're going to r- pretty much wrap this up. Okay. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share before I, I ask my final question? Okay. Um, I will say, um, never forget family. Never forget, never ever forget family because that is the only element in your life that you cannot change. Your parents, your family, they are, they are, they're not interchangeable. You can change anything else, but those you cannot change. That's one general thing I say. And also always say, um, never make the same mistake twice. Learn from the past and go, you know, use it for the future. Forget about the past. The only thing you want to know is you learn from it. Because a lot of times we hang up and think about the past and that drags us down in the past. We have to let the past go. I had, a, you know, when I was growing up, I had a terrible past, but I let go. I even, when I forgave people, I made the trip on the other side of the world to do that. But never, um, ne- uh, and then never make the same mistake twice and listen to your instinct. That's my general advice. Your instinct is amazing. How it can come through and I can protect you. How we can be there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. And those are things I think you've kind of instilled in me. You know, when I hear that, I think, oh, you've been saying that for years. That's mm-hmm. so. It's it's interesting to hear it again, and I'm glad you can share that with my listeners too. Right. Hey, so, all of you out there, listen. Yeah. <laughs> so, Baba, I'm, I'll just go ahead and ask it. Are you happy? Actually, I look at happiness in a different way. Uh, you ask me, I'm happy. I am very happy right now. I'm with my son, he's interviewing me. I'm I'm able to communicate and express all these things. But for me, uh, happiness is not a level that we can set. Say, I am, I'm happy. I'm constantly happy. No, that is because there's a lot of factors in that. We are, I don't think we, anybody is completely happy. 100% all the time. I don't believe that is possible. Because there are so many up and downs. There is so many uh, obstacles. There is so many uh, uh, issues, problems, decisions. I mean, we make over 100 decisions every single day. So if you gather all those and then it becomes like a scale. Happiness, all the things I just said. And this scale, as this load on the on one side, which is all the obstacles, problems, issues, uh, solutions, all that stuff goes becomes lighter, the other side of the scale gets heavier. So that means it gets you closer to that happiness that you're looking for. So if, if you look at it in that matter, I will say, Yes, I'm content, I'm happy, I'm proud of my family, I'm proud of myself for what I've accomplished, and I uh, like to 
exchange and portray that into into the next generation, such as yourself. But in general, if you said that, yes, yes, I am. Well, it's good to hear. Are you happy with where you're going in life? Yes, very happy. Very direct, as I said. It's this this is the phase of the settlement, and everything needed to be done is done. And from here, it should be uh, easy ride. Uh, and I hope, I hope, my big, the only, the main or only worry that I have right now in life is you guys. For example, you, you know, and me. And I, I, if I see, I think the ultimate happiness will be to see you happy, to see you successful. That will make me super happy. Well, we're I'm we're working on it. All right, all yeah. right. Don't stop. Don't ev- never quit. Never stop. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, thank you. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for for sharing all of that. I know that's for the listeners who don't know. I know something on your bucket list is to um to write a book. Yes. And so. Oh, I'm glad you brought it up because you told me. You know, it's amazing how much I've learned from my kids. It's it's just amazing. I'm not always the one that is teaching. I'm, I I have learned many things. I have learned to become a better person and better father because of because of you guys. Because you have taught me too. I remember you said, I don't know how many maybe a month ago or something that you said, just start that empty notebook that you have that I've been meaning to start. I finally started. Oh, really? Because you told me, just start. You just put down. You, yeah, do you remember just, that yeah, conversation? Yeah, we were in Puerto Rico. I said, yeah, just, just start. Write just, something. Just, just write something. It doesn't have to be the beginning of the book. It can yeah. just be something. to. And I have that at work because I get breaks at work. I think a lot of things come to my mind there also. So I have started. I'm glad. Yes. Thank you. Um, Thank you for that. And <laughs> as push. I was going to say, what I was going to say when I brought that up was that... um. That this can help. Yeah, it's know? not much in there. I'm only know, but <laughs> second I'm page. Is, what I'm saying is, this you can listen through this, and yeah. this can help, and this can help you remember certain things, and then you can base it. You can move from certain things because I'll explain further. I know you, to the listeners who don't know that um, that you want to write a book about your life, right? And so we just talked about your life. Yes, yes. And um, I think this could be a good reference point for you too. Yeah. So. I'm glad you did this with me. I'm glad you came here. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Visiting me. And, you know, this is such a, this is the most important episode um, of the whole thing. Going out with a bang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Baba. I love all you. Right. And I appreciate, always I appreciate your support for thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to the listeners, this is it. And the last phrase, Baba to do study. Chanta. All right. <laughs> if you want to tell your business um, what that means. You can tell them. <laughs> it's something that we used to uh, say because uh, I was trying to teach you uh, Persian. but the Farsi. Say Farsi. Farsi, yeah. But the Spanish one because of the mother and she yeah. being in homes. So I tried to teach little fra- phrases here. And this phrase means, do you... Uh, you love your dad and the answer is yes i do love my dad i say how many and you say thousand thousands i was like the big big yeah. standard you know that's the response to that yeah and it's true <laughs> yeah um yeah it's i'm i'm looking back on it i'm 
and it's it's sad. It's a little sad, but it's also happy. You know that yeah. I that I'm, I'm I made it to one year. I never I I remember I never thought I would really do it. I never thought yeah. I would actually get to that point. It always seems so far away. And um, this is it. You know, this, it's weird to think that this is my final kind of closing. Yeah. Closing thing. But it's a great accomplishment. How persistent you were to continue. Every, you never missed it. And Yeah, I didn't miss y- a week. Yes. You just went, oh, I mean, that's a lot to say. I wish I, wish I was that <laughs> consistent and <laughs> persistent to continue. That's that's uh, that's admirable. That's really thank you. great. Um, Proud of you. I want to thank everybody who's listened. If, you're, if anyone's listening this far in, I, I want to thank you for listening. I want to, anybody who's listened Anybody who supported me, you know, I, I couldn't have gotten this far without the support of people kind of pushing me to keep doing it every week. I'm, I'm I was I'll, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I, I was so overwhelmed with just the general support the, that people have given me. You know, I, I remember when I first made it, I said maybe 10 people will listen. And I had like looking back on it a year later, I have almost 70 followers on Spotify, you know, and no. um, that to think that that many people are. Willing to even just hit that button mm-hmm. or and listen to an episode is so it's so overwhelming and I'm 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 yeah I'm just so thankful to have been able to do a project like this for the last year. I've had and also the support of the friends who've been on it. Um, every single person who's been on this, I'm thankful for for the fact that they were willing to take time out of their day to mm-hmm. to participate in an activity like this. Um, and for some, you know, they think it's just an hour, hour and a half out of their day. But for me, it's a lot more than that. It's um, for anybody who's been on it. It's, it's so much more than that. It's it's you showing that you care about me and that you support me in my endeavors. And so and it's a great medium to come and express yeah. yourself and uh, see a lot of stuff comes out. It's just it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Thank you. Um, as I said at the beginning, I don't think it's over for podcasts because I, I really do like this medium. I, I like it a lot. It's something I've really come to enjoy. And. I, I just need a break from this right now, but um, I've learned. I feel like I've learned so much in the last year through doing this, and I've I've learned how to talk to people, and I've learned, you know, to how to be an orator, how to interview people, and it's it just feels like such a good skill that I've been able to practice. It's still not perfect, but I'm yeah, and I'm just thankful to have had this opportunity to do this for the last year. So. Thank you to the listeners. Baba, thank you. You're welcome. I have a feeling that you'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, and that's it. All right. Thank All right. You. Thank you for listening, so, everyone. I'm, I'm, it makes me sad. I, I, usually I would say I'll see you guys next week, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't. So, But yeah, thank you. That's all I can really end it on. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>